Welcome to the His Plan for You podcast. Join Pastor Gio in a series of powerful messages that will encourage, uplift, and inspire. Discover God's perfect plan for your life today. So, Rocco, extreme ownership, we're not promoting, or I don't know his politics, and I don't know if the guy is Christian, but he's a really good leader. And on page 175, it says, cover as many possible enemy ingress and egress routes as possible. He's talking about business. Number two, set up positions that mutually support each other. Number three, Big, solid fighting positions that will be defended against heavy enemy attack for an extended period of time if necessary. When I moved to, when I moved here to Miami, that's the first thing the Lord told me. Two bedroom, two bath, Coral Gables. That was it. Very easy. You expect a big word from the Lord and some angel come down with a roll and say, Thou art called to Miami. You go like, forget it. I don't want to go to Miami. <laughs> but it's not like that. God gives you one step. And he gives you another step. If you don't obey that step, what happens? Step number two and number three changed. If I tell my son, do this, what happened? It's not whenever you feel like it. It's when I know this is going to be the best time for you to make this happen. If you skip an hour, no, I don't want you to do that. That's no longer what I need you to do. I need you to do this. So why the Lord gives us our steps one at a time? Because of that reason. If you miss it, he can try to go around the block and still put you on the path. He can GPS you. Amen? So the, the word of God and the, and the ability to, to, to create the fence is very simple. He tells me a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment in Coral Gables. On my way here, I lose a car. Driving down the highway, the Holy Spirit tells me, Get off the highway. And I'm looking at my car. I have a full gas tank. We're in the middle of nowhere. Remind me of the city? We're 100 miles from Birmingham, Alabama, no? Yes. In the middle of nowhere in a four, a huge highway. I mean, these things are going very fast. They let you drive like 75 miles there for minimum speed. And the Lord tells me, get off, get off, get off. And I'm going, I have gas. I don't know, it was another hour here. We're going to need to get to Miami. I'm with the kids and, and our things still in the car. And I'm driving. I'm driving down the highway, and there's no physical reason. And I see the next sign, and I go, I got to get off. Get off the highway, and I, I ask the next step. Lord, now what? Look for a gas station. I look at my GPS, that's two miles from here, Lord, and the highway. Look for the next gas station or do whatever you want. That's the other thing with the Lord. He's not going to make you do that. So, of course, I have to be obedient. I start driving, looking for the gas station. I get to the next day, to the gas station. Five of the kids, are, they're all sleeping in the car. She wakes up when I get to the gas station. And first thing, and I know, I have to answer this, but she goes like, why did you stop? I'm like, um... That told me. <laughs> so I'm putting like a dollar and fifty cents of gas in that car because it's full. I'm going, this is pop, stops. Well, Lord, I gotta get on the highway. You wanna talk to that woman, you know, the wife? You talk to the wife, and because now I, I, I don't see any reason why I'm here. I get in the car, and I promise you, that car moved 
20 feet from this side to the other side of the altar. And he died. The transmission completely gave up. And I'm accelerating all the way to the floor, and the car is going nowhere. And I'm going, what? And the only mechanic open in the state of our, uh, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, within 20 miles, in the front of their shop. And the whole family comes out, hey, what do you need? And they're wearing the little, the, you know, uh, weird, weird clothes. And we're like, oh my God, children of the corn, and we're freaked out. <laughs> we're going to be cooked up by dinner. There's nobody that will. They grabbed their kids, they took them, two kids their age, they're playing, and I'm freaking out. I'm going, oh, Holy Spirit, oh. If it hasn't been for those people, we would, we would probably have to sleep on the, on the highway, on the car, you name it. They were so sweet, they gave us food, they gave us... To this day, I'm like, I need to find these people. They called their friend who had already closed the towing company. But look, it's for my friend Gio. And they, the guy goes and opens the shop. He comes and picks us up. Go to his shop. He opens the shop. They were already closed. And then he drives me. He picks. They finally pick up the car. And they're like, look, it's going to take a month to get the parts here. We will do it, but we're slow. We're in the middle of nowhere. You need to take this somewhere else. So they call this guy. He picks up the car. He puts it on the, on, on the, on the bed truck. We're all cramped in the front with him. We're all cramped in the cabin with him in the front. And uh, long story longer, I'm looking at the guy and going, why are you doing this? Oh, no problem. For the glory of God, man. No, no problem, man. And I'm going, wow. Okay. I don't know any of these people. I've never seen them from Adam. We're cramped in that car. Of course, like I said, we have no gas. So, I'm sorry, no, no, no ways to make that car drive. And I'm thinking, okay, this guy's taking my car where? I'm gonna, where are we gonna take the car? He's like, anywhere you want. I'm available to you. I'm like, well, driving to Miami is gonna be very expensive. Let's find a Saturn dealer. Actually, GM had just bought Saturn. The closest thing to the airport that you can. We get to there. I pay the guy. We drop the car. No, he took me to the hotel, actually. We drop the car off. I drop the keys in the little slot. And I left. I abandoned the car in some GM dealership in the middle of Birmingham, Alabama, somewhere close to the airport. And I got on that tow truck because the kids started school the next morning. We went to to a hotel. I don't remember what it was. We getting we, we emptied the car first into a bunch of things to the to the cars for the hotel. The hotel room is full of things. I left the car empty. And then I get a phone call. I'm going to buy you a building. I'm like, that's encouraging. <laughs> I just bought a building for somebody in Cuba. We're still, we're still waiting to see that building. I'm claiming another building in the meantime. It's been six years. But extreme situations where, you know, we get here to, to Miami, and what is the long play? I have to work without that car for the first month, two months, three months. The Lord already knew. He sent me to a two-bedroom, two-bathroom in the middle of, of, of Core Gables. I walked my kids to school. We only had one car left. And it wasn't like the, the fancy car. Because it broke sometimes. And we were zero cars. In the meantime, I'm still traveling to New York. I'm still traveling to, Maya, to, 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 to Tulsa. I'm traveling to Cuba. I'm living in a really nice apartment. 
Everything we collected was just to pay rent. We've been living for food for the first year, two years, and everybody comes in, man, this is fancy. Amen. You're rich. Amen. I am rich. They never heard me go, brother, we're going down. And we're going down. Why? Because I'm obeying the steps the Lord gave me. As a matter of fact, I tried very hard to get a cheaper apartment. I would have gotten myself into a, a situation where I couldn't support the fire in the long term. I could have gotten in a situation where I was going to take over God's plan for my life and get myself into problems. Cover as many possibly many ingresses and egresses routes as possible. Number two, set up positions that mutually support each other. We didn't want to work. We needed to pray every day just to stay alive. So when my wife and I, we say we're not getting jobs right now, we're just going to preach the gospel. I go, this is a fancy place. Some of, most of you went to that, to that place. It's a fancy place in the middle of Core Gables. I go to the, to the general building manager, and I go, listen, uh, God told me to tell you I'm going to open a church here on the, on the common areas. Okay. I'm like, what? Is this happening? And I need parking. Okay, let me talk to the parking guy. What is this? When God has a plan, you just have to follow his plan. His steps are order of the Lord. Your steps are order of the Lord. But you have to do God's plan, God's way. And then, like we read a little bit ago, number three, big, solid fighting positions that will be defended against heavy enemy attack for an extended period of time if necessary. I'm always very careful on the rent. I'm always very careful of, you know, situations. Can I pay this on my own? Do I go and, and say something really stupid, offend a bunch of people, and they leave me? Can I still, you know, that will be people's choice. But can I still do God's will? Can I do this on my own? Is this something I can defend comfortable for an extended period of time? So every step I take, I take. So I'm reading these leadership things, and I'm going, I identify with this guy more than I have identified with a lot of these preacher, motivators, guys. I mean, I love Anthony Robbins. I met him. I had his uh, assistance phone number for a long, long time. I believe in all that stuff as long as you don't take it as a religion because he will send you to hell because you will accomplish all the desires of your heart. And the Bible says that the heart of man is dark. The heart of man will lie to yourself. So the next two years, we're going to take just a, a very practical approach to things we do. You know, if I want Brother Juan Carlos to please come here on Sunday at 12 and start praying. Whoever is here, you start praying. And you don't let prayer to anybody else until I tell you to let somebody else pray. On Fridays, we meet in Henry's house, but Brother John is in charge. He's on fire. We have to let him burn. I watch a lot of things. Brother Henry has a natural ability to, to do children's. I cannot wait to see this man. He's getting awards from the city of Miami. I mean, you name it. And we know him as the Apple genius, you know? Everybody goes, hi, Brother Henry. What happened to my phone? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> and I don't feel, you know, that's his natural gifts. But that's not the gift of God in him. My job is to recognize what is the gift of God in him and help him develop in that area. Amen? Amen. That's good. Let's go through a scripture today, if you can. Everybody happy you came to church today? Yeah? 
Praise the Lord. Y Orlando, qué lindo que está. I want to read something else, another insert here. <clears throat> Upon returning home from combat, we step into critical roles of leadership instructor, instructors. When I look at this, I feel when I came back from Cuba, when I came back from Cartagena, when I came back from the prayer, for us it's combat. I walk into a room and looking for the demon they're gonna cast out. I'm not a social Christian. If anything, I'll do anything in power to try to get you to drop it. Elijah and Elijah, do you deserve my anointing? I'm gonna say things that I'm not supposed to say, I'm gonna do things I'm not supposed to say, and I'm watching for your reaction. And you turn around and call me Gio, you're a dog, get away from me. You have to turn around and call me Pastor Gio. Okay, we, we have a chance for you still. That's the way God ordains it. Jesus will call the Pharisees anything but the sons of God. One of the biggest insults at that time is to call somebody a washed wall. Right, if there's a dead, petrified body behind that washed wall, he will call them that. And they will get, they will get really upset. They will get really mad. And it's all by design. People think, no, it's all by design. The ABCL leadership training consists almost entirely of OGT, on-the-job training, and mentoring. How a junior leader was brought up depends entirely on the strength, experience, and patience, guidance of a mentor. Some mentors were exceptional, others lacking. While mentorship from the right leaders is critical, this method left some substantial gaps in leadership, knowledge, and understanding. That's where it called my, my attention so hard, because we're studying understanding. We're going to continue understanding. We help to change that and develop leadership training curriculum to build strong foundation for all SEAL leaders. As the officer in charge of all the training for West Coast SEAL teams, Joko directed some of the most realistic and challenging combat training in the world. He placed new emphasis in training leaders in critical decision making, effective communication, and high pressure situations. We get under pressure in the Christian world. You're trying to stay a Christian. The devil's going to try to make you look like an idiot. Some people go like, I don't want to be a Christian. To better prepare them for the Christian life, combat. Junior officer training course, the basic leadership training program for every officer who graduated from the SEAL training pipeline. There, he reshaped and enhanced training to more effectively establish the critical leadership foundations necessary for new SEAL officers to succeed in combat. In these roles, we help guide a new generation of SEAL leaders who continue to perform with unparalleled success on the battlefield, validating the leadership principles we taught them. This guy is getting invited to every business school in America right now, because they realize we can take this and apply it to anything. It's like the hottest item right now in Wall Street. We're gonna start looking at our Bibles, Go back to Proverbs 4, 7, if you can, please. Proverbs 4, 7, New King James Version says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Proverbs 4, 7 from the Amplified Bible, we read, The beginning of wisdom is get skillful and godly. Wisdom is the preeminent 
and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Actively seek spiritual discernment, mature comprehension, and logical interpretation. That's the same Proverbs 4, 7. Let's go to Hosea, the book of Hosea 4. That's in the Old Testament. Libro de Hosea 4. If you don't know where Hosea is, you go to the first page of your Bible, and it tells you where it is. In this Bible, it's page 1459. This Bible has both the New King James and the Amplified Bible. Invest in a good study Bible. Invest in a good paper Bible. They're going to be obsolete in a few years. Book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea 4, 6. The Bible reads on the New King James Version. It says, My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. That's kind of hard. Because you have forgotten the law of your God. I also will forget your children. That's kind of hard. Let's stop there for one second. <clears throat> Knowledge is the collective information and facts acquired through education, experience. Knowledge is awareness. And yes, knowledge itself can be power. Applied knowledge is power. Knowledge by itself is not power. I know a lot of people that know a lot of things about going to the gym. And they don't apply that knowledge, therefore, knowledge by itself is not power. Knowledge is power if it's applied. Other people is just addicted to knowledge. They like to know. I want to know. I want to know. They just book once or whatever. They just want to know more. I tell all of my people, go to learn whatever college has to teach you, but they cannot make you smarter. They cannot make you, they will teach you to relate with other people. I use this example all the time. Barbara Corcoran, what did she have? She had the same real estate license I had in New York City. How come I couldn't sell my company for $2 billion like she did? She knew people, she went to jail university, she can relate and communicate with people in a whole different level, in a whole different way. She looked awesome. She looked like a million dollars every time she got out of Mercedes. I got off the, the train station, you know, little sub from the train. So that affects the perspective from the people that is buying a $2 million apartment from you. The only very expensive apartment I was in the middle of selling, it got thrown out the window because the towers fell. Other than that, I was always renting. So all that knowledge didn't matter. We had the same exact real estate license. What was the added value? She can relate with other people in a different level. She can talk to people in a bunch of non, very fancy SAT words, very cool, fancy SAT words. Same license. Apartments were more expensive. 
So when I tell my guys, go to college, it's not because you're going to get smarter. No. Uh, as a matter of fact, these days, you can learn everything from the internet. But if you say you went from whatever, whatever, you know, Dade or whatever, whatever, I went to Borough Manhattan Community College. But my wife didn't go to Borough Manhattan Community College. She went to the business school that is the top business school in New York City. And it's not NYU, it's Baruch College. The people that are not in the business don't know that. NYU is not the top business school in, 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 in New York. It's Baruch College. They don't get a lot of people from the... How many presidents they went to your school? Two, three presidents went to your school? And you learn these things by being in the business. So all this knowledge the Lord is telling you to acquire is not always university. Remember at this time, Peter and John, where were they? They're getting knowledge from who? From their dad. About what? About fishing. All these Jewish boys that usually inherit the parents' businesses. Well, what are they doing? I'm doing what? My, my, my parents' business. I'm in my dad's business. That was a common thing to say. It's easier to learn. What did I do when I became 18 years old? I went into my dad's business. What was my dad's business? Cruise ships. He worked in cruise ships. That's all he knew how to push me in that direction. So this knowledge you acquire is not limited to university. Although it's good that you go to university, you get fancy words, you get to other people, and you do whatever it is you do. 90% of the people work on something else that they went to college for. But at least you know how to read, you know how to find instructions, you know, we'll teach you how good of a leader you are. I was surprised, I went to this college um, meeting in Miami-Dade for, for, for Alexander, he used to apply, Albert, who was there applying to. So they get to go to college two years early. Cool, I wish I had that. And in the structure, the guy's telling them, look, when you're done here, you can apply to Yale University and whatever university, and they're not looking for just straight A's. They want to hear your story. They want to hear that you had a disability and you didn't give up. They want to hear that it was hard for you. It was hard for you, this road, but you finished. Why? Because Yale University, they want you dropping them half the way, because that's just a half a million dollars when they can make a million dollars out of your education. This is a business. This is all one big business. There's something wrong with it? No, you should. If that's what God wants, you should. Is that, does that make me less of a human being because my dad is in the fishing business and I'm acquiring this knowledge from my dad? I'm acquiring this knowledge. I'm not going to university. I'm acquiring this knowledge. There's a lot of captains in, in Louisiana making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a week selling shrimp, and they very know how to read and write. So believe me, it doesn't affect your money income or your ability to. It makes it easy. It makes it easy. It's good investment on you. So the knowledge they get from from the parents, the, the knowledge they got from a job, all this knowledge is knowledge. It's knowledge. Does it help you communicate better with other people? Sometimes no. 
the knowledge I got from the streets. I was telling somebody the story when, when um, Pastor Pablo, I went to see Pastor Pablo the, the first time after many years, I go to Bogota. I have knowledge of how crime happens in Bogota. I'm standing there and I'm watching these guys hacer una chilena, un paquete chileno. You have, you, we have names for all these tricks. It's like you Americans have things for your gold things. We have names for how they stiff people and how they work people. And all these things exist. And how do you learn them? Because in the barrio, we didn't have that many drug dealers, you know, they just have bad people. They figure out ways to get into other people's money. And you're watching all these guys and you're learning because that's when you grow with. Your parents don't know where you're at. It's 10 o'clock, do you know where your children are? They don't have a clue. They used to have a, a thing, I think I saw it here in the States at some point in my life. That at 10 p.m., this thing will, will come out in, in, in Colombian TV. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? And you go look in your room. Oh, they're not here. Uh-oh. That happened in my house all the time. Where were you? Uh, what's up? Bad. No good. Do you know where your children are? I do that in the spirit. I come out here, Lord, I'm on your hands, and right away, I know where my children are. Boom. Where are you? Spiritually. Amen? Don't forget, all this applies to, to everything. Spiritual, physically, emotionally, financially. So the collective information and facts acquired through education are experience, knowledge, awareness, and yes, knowledge itself is power. Wisdom, on the other hand, is the quality of having good judgment based on knowledge. So when you go to apply for a job, what do we ask you? Do you have any experience in this area? No, I don't have any experience in this area. Okay, I'm going to pay you less because you're going to break something around here. It's going to cost me money. Somebody broke something over here in the equipment the other day. I don't go, who broke it? They're all volunteers, man. <laughs> So I'm being more careful in my training. Okay, we're all gonna watch, okay? This is what I want you to do. <laughs> this moves like this. <laughs> some, some things are like that. So when you put in your application, no, I don't have any experience right away. The owner of that restaurant, the owner, is gonna cost me money, I'm gonna pay you less. Automatic. So that part is just the application of that knowledge. That's just the wisdom of what you're gonna do with the knowledge you acquire. Wisdom is your choice to use or apply that power. Let's go to our scripture, Proverbs 9.10. Proverbs 9.10, King James Version, says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. We're still working on the understanding. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 9.10 from the Amplified. The reverend... And worshipful, worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning, the chief and choice part of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight and understanding. The insight of something. What's the insight of the situation? The knowledge of the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. The wisdom of the Lord be, depends, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom is 
the fear of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the His Plan for You podcast. We believe that your tithes belong to your local church. However, your partnership and love offerings will empower us to continue bringing the message of His perfect plan for you to the world. For more information, please visit wghm.org.